Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Warren Schnur, who is the chair of the Union and Politics Committee of Unifor Local 4304, which represents the workers of Grand River Transit. Schnur and his associates have done the impossible. They've put on the table a regional transit plan that can be organized and managed by local transit services without the need of working through Metrolinx, the Ministry of Transportation, or new private carriers. Of course, the need for regional connections are more pressing now than ever before since Greyhound stopped all Canadian service earlier this year, but the focus has long been on two-way all-day GO train service and not getting people a quick and easy route to places like Cambridge or Brantford. Is that finally about to change? Acting on regional transit is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. After Greyhound ceased operations this past summer, Guelph's mayor, the president of the Chamber of Commerce, and the acting president of the University of Guelph wrote a letter to the Minister of Transportation to demand action. Caroline Mulrooney wrote back, and her two-page letter could essentially be boiled down to four words. We're working on it. But how hard are they working on it when a go-bus link between Guelph and Cambridge is in the Metrolink's 10-year plan? Ten years. It's clear that provincial partners will not prioritize the missing transit links in this region, so it is up to us to find those solutions, and that's where the Link the Watershed Plan comes in. The Link the Watershed Plan would be the combined effort of Guelph Transit, Grand River Transit, and Brantford Transit to improve connectivity between the three municipalities. To put it simply, it would see Brantford Transit run a bus to Cambridge, Guelph Transit run a bus to downtown Kitchener, and Grand River Transit run two buses to Guelph, one from Cambridge to the University of Guelph, and one from South Kitchener to Guelph Central Station. The plan's virtues are many, including the creation of direct links to other transit services, from small carriers like Wellington County's Ridewell and Guelph Owen Sound Transportation, or GOST, to the big ones like Go Transit and Via Rail. It's also easy to set up. It could get going by fall 2022, and even without provincial funding, it would only cost about $7.5 million between the three municipalities. So can Schur and his associates sell it to politicians, and more importantly, sell it to the people? Schnur joins us on this week's Guelph Politicast to talk about that and more. He will tell us about the origins of the Link the Watershed plan, how they teamed up with the Transit Action Alliance of Guelph, and what inroads they've made so far with the proverbial powers that be. We will also talk about the hurdles to making this plan a reality, why it's been so hard to develop a plan like this, and how big it could get if it were to scale up to include other nearby municipalities. And finally, we will discuss the need for provincial funding, trying to get attention for the plan as municipalities start their budget discussions for next year, and why this plan is not all that different from the connectivity offered by transit services in other areas of Ontario. So I caught up with Warren Schnur earlier this week via Zoom. So Warren Schnur, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Can you talk a bit about um, how Link the Watershed got started? Like, what are the origins uh, of this uh, plan? And, um, and I guess how, how it all came about? Well, as a transit worker, I'm often subject of questions from customers like, how do I get from Cambridge to Guelph or how do I get from Cambridge to Brantford? And to have to tell those poor people that, you know, it's a two or three hour bus ride or a double digit cab ride, that's, that's pretty heartbreaking sometimes. Um, 
so this started kind of as a personal project, like, cause I sit on a few committees through our union. How, how can we make these connections? And then it's just kind of grown into this collaboration between our union Unifor, uh, the amalgamated transit union, which represents Guelph and the transit action Alliance of Guelph. So we've all kind of come together. We all recognize this need and, Considering that there's potential funding from the provincial government out there, it's like now is the perfect opportunity to get get in on this. So everything kind of just fell into place, and now we're out there with this. I mean, to hear you talk about um, people asking you about making those connections, you know, it's something I see on you know various subreddits you know people saying like uh, i got i'm looking at getting a new job in kitchener or i'm moving to cambridge and i, I don't want to get a car and very quickly those people learn just how limited their options are if they want to move between municipalities that are relatively close together i mean i live in the west end of guelph cambridge is 20 it's not even a 20 minute drive away to get to the western most edge of or the easternmost edge of Cambridge from where I am. So it's it's kind of a shell shock to a lot of people just how isolated we all are. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's it's really unfortunate because effectively our communities are so close together that they are local in nature. You know, you're talking about that Guelph to Kitchener, Guelph to Cambridge connection. That's 10, 15 minutes drive. Brantford isn't even that much further. And why should it take three hours or five hours or a cab ride to get somewhere that's effectively local in your neighborhood? It just doesn't make sense. You know, you, you look at the region of Waterloo and how far Grand River Transit travels. You can go from Elmira to the bottom of Cambridge for $3.25. But the same can't be said for going from Cambridge to Guelph, which is a sh- much shorter distance it's just kind of mind boggling in a way. And we should make a note that uh, this sort of plan, this side kind of trading buses back and forth between different municipalities and different transit services, not a new idea. Oh no, definitely. This, this is something that's been happening in the GTA for, for decades. And that's despite the fact that go transit also runs through the entire region. You see Hamilton buses going to Burlington and Mississauga buses going to Toronto and Toronto buses going into York region. This is not a new idea by any stretch of the imagination. We're just transplanting this idea here. Hopefully they'll pick up on it and, you know, something that's tried and true to get people moving definitely benefit for everyone. I want to start sort of autopsying the idea a bit. Um, because I, I get it as a, as a transit user, and I, certainly I've taken trips where I, I get on Go Transit outside my house to go downtown. I get on the Go bus to go down to Brampton. I get on Brampton Transit to make the rest of the way, and that just it, there's a natural flow to that. I am curious to hear your thoughts about people who aren't like transit experienced like that, because if you explain to the idea, it's like okay, you get on Guelph Transit to go to Walmart, then you get on a Grand River transit bus to go to the Frederick Street station, then you get off there, and then you get on the Ion to go down to wherever you're going. I wonder if we sort of lose people in the 
I guess the tr- <laughs> it feels a bit like following a treasure map, right? And I wonder if, not that it's complicated at all, but I wonder if, you know, it's, it's a little more complicated than just hopping in your car and, and doing that. And I guess trying to sell a plan like this to people who are comfortable in their cars, I guess, uh, what are sort of the, the hurdles that we have to overcome there? Well, certainly getting travel times down would be a huge benefit. Certainly, you know, if someone's in their car right now, telling them they got that three hour bus ride is, is never going to work. Um, so definitely getting those travel times down. So the direct connections that we're proposing, like on highway seven or highway 24, it's really going to shorten people's travel time by transit, assuming that option is there. So to say that, Hey, you know, you can now make this journey in 20 minutes by bus instead of three hours, that might be appealing to more people. And the Mm. fact that these connections that we're proposing are linking to major hubs where there's lots of connectivity available. You're not just dropping them off at the edge of the city and expecting another bus to pick them up. You're bringing them right to a major, major transit connection, right to an LRT station, right to the GO station in downtown Guelph, you know? So saying that these major connections are available at the end and you don't have to really look at a schedule for the next bus because there's high frequency service or so though that kind of stuff's appealing to car users, you know, you don't have to wait for, for an hour for the next bus or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things I'm thinking about is um, a lot of people sort of move out this way because the traffic is a little bit more in their favor. Uh, I mean, it's not the primary consideration when people are moving to our region as opposed to the GTA, but, you know, it, it's it's a heck of a lot easier to make it around town uh, in your car in Guelph than it is uh, if you're at Bay and Bloor in downtown Toronto. <laughs> uh, so I guess how much of this is about getting people to try and reconsider the transit culture they they, they left behind? Um, I think there is definitely that factor to it, but you also have to look at the, the long range plans for pretty much every municipality is transit oriented development. When you look at, excuse me, Waterloo region with the ion, you know, they're, they're really promoting higher density development. You see just on the Kitchener Waterloo skyliners, tower cranes everywhere. So having that transit oriented development, but not having transit as an option to travel to Guelph or travel to Brantford and connect to other modes. That's kind of self-defeating. If you want people to give up their car, there has to be a transit option to do everything they would normally do by car. Right. How, how long has this been sort of in the works? And I, and I, I'm kind of want to explore this via I've been covering transit for 10 years, um, transit issues in around Guelph for 10 years. And uh, every election, there's talk about regional transit and uh, whether that's municipal, whether that's provincial, um, it just seems to be something that never leaves the talking stage and never gets to an actual plan stage. So I guess, you know, where has this been? Like, how, how easy was this to, to develop, like, versus, you know, <laughs> trying to petition Metrolinx or something like that? 
yeah, it's it's really hard to put put an, a formulation of this. It just kind of happened, mm. you know. The of course we've been talking about these connections for 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 decades. You know, there's people saying, you know, we've been talking about trying to get a bus to Kitchener or t- bus to Cambridge from Guelph for like 25 years. You know why? Just but just everything just kind of fell into place and the real driver for this is that announcement of provincial funding for initiatives just like this. So to, to look at that press release, the, the province put out and it just like all the light bulbs turned on at the same time. It's like, no, now, now is the time to do this because there's a pot of potentially $650 million for municipalities to do projects just like this right now give it a kick in the butt see where it goes get it out there and and so far the feedback has been very positive Mm -hmm. i i have seen some of that feedback i am wondering about sort of more official feedback from people who control budgets and things um has anyone in a like a senior staff position in any of the municipalities or like uh political leadership around city councils or regional councils gotten back to you uh, not specifically from elected leaders. Um, our union president and I did sit down with GRT planning staff uh, not long ago and presented the idea to them. And so far, the comments from them has been very positive. And they said they would bring it to the regional finance department and provide some feedback. So they were they seem to be enthusiastic about the idea. Obviously, they can't commit to anything uh, until they review it further. But certainly... You know, the planning staff saying, you know, this this seems to be a, a good idea, you know, um, and they have connections with other transit properties in their planning departments. You know, everyone talks to each other. Right. So just to hear that from them is, is kind of encouraging to us. And especially since the provincial funding pool is there. Having our elected leaders say, OK, you know, this isn't really going to affect our budget right now, especially with the pandemic going on this. We, we think that will be a quick win for them like why not right Mm -hmm. it's not it's not going to be increasing property taxes right now we we understand that the budget is tight but if that funding is there then it's almost no risk to us so let's get on on board with this you mentioned at the the town hall last week um this could get going by fall 2022 um it's ambitious and I appreciate the ambition, but I mean, municipalities are working on their budgets now for, for the next fiscal year. And I mean, even though the if funding may come from the provincial government, that funding still has to be accounted for by the time the, the books are closed on December 31st. I guess the question is, are you perhaps being too ambitious that fall 2022, this could get going by or... Um, you know, I guess what's the the level of what's the level of confidence there? Um, it it's hard to say. Um, with the potential per, for provincial funding, there might be a little more flexibility in getting this going. Certainly, if the municipalities would have to budget for it, that you know this would have to be a budget issue paper for almost any city or regional council already. But hopefully, with the funding potential this is something that could be started kind of independent of that budget process. 
Um, yeah, it, it is maybe ambitious. Uh, there's certainly a lot of moving parts to the proposal. We have like eight different transit systems that are involved. You know, the, the urban systems are just the core of it, but there's also the rural systems. So getting everyone to the table, getting everyone on the same page, they have to bring it back to their municipalities to get approval to pursue it. Certainly there's a lot of moving parts. Certainly it's ambitious. Fall 2022 doesn't seem unrealistic given that, you know, provided the funding's there, this is pretty straightforward to implement. Uh, we're not talking about building huge amount of infrastructure or anything like that, you know, just adding some vehicles, putting in bus stops, pretty routine exercises for a municipality. So we're, we're hopeful that fall 2022, if the funding is available and everyone's on the same page, that it is achievable. Theoretically, things like bus stops and things, cities and uh, regions are always kind of updating those things. So it, it could be added to that other work, theoretically, that if you're improving a bus stop in an area you can add another bus stop uh just as easily it's a matter of i guess putting a sign up if there's a sidewalk or building a, a little platform it's not that hard <laughs> yeah no definitely and you know many of these costs are you know kind of operational costs not even capital costs they have a yearly budget of you know we're going to install x number of bus stops so to include that kind of thing just separately that it shouldn't be difficult. I know that in Guelph, talking to a number of Guelph transit operators, um, they feel that they, their ideas are not necessarily heard by the, by the political um, establishment, the, the political leaders. You're a member of you're you're a leader in your union. Obviously you're also a member of your union. <laughs> um, I guess what is your experience as a GRT employee? Do uh, do you feel like um, the regional councillors listening to the feedback of you and your members? I think we've been fairly fortunate at the region because they've been very transit proactive. You know, you just look at the ION as an example. Um, we've been very fortunate to have you know positive feedback for a lot of ideas. You know, certainly we don't get everywhere we want to. Um, you know, we have to have discussions with staff and, and we don't get everything we need always. But, I, you know, we understand that they have constraints with what they can and can't offer. Um, many changes we ask for, maybe that's something our un union has to negotiate in a contract or something like that. But um, no, GRT, usually when they make service changes, they do ask for operator feedback. They take that to heart. You know, uh, we have committees that sit with uh, our schedulers and planners and union reps, and we have good conversations there as well. So we've been fortunate at our end. Um, certainly, we have some of the same experiences. I'm sure that's pretty common amongst almost every transit property go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Uh, with the region of Waterloo being very transit proactive, we've been pretty fortunate. Mm -hmm. So what's the biggest hurdle um, do you think to sort of making this reality or, or even making it a reality on this, on the timeline you're talking about? Um, is it just public awareness and public pressure or um, logistical concerns, I guess, uh, political concerns? Uh, you know, what's, 
what what what's kind of keeping you up at night about this uh certainly i think it's trying to get all our elected leaders on the same page i don't think it would be too difficult to get all the transit properties on the same page you know i'm sure every transit agency out there has a wish list about as long as their arm about things they'd love to do with transit given the budget so certainly it's the political pressure you know saying to the public this proposal is out there your transit officials are aware of it but your elected leaders need to be the ones to pull the trigger here because they need to approve even if the funding is not coming from them they need to approve their officials pursuing it so saying to the public we've heard you we've drawn up this proposal we've been hearing for years that you can't get from a to b you need to talk to your counselors and push them to apply for this funding and get these links in place. I guess maybe years of bitter cynicism, but I, I do. There's a kind of hopefulness about that, that people will listen. But I mean, I've been around council tables, listening to counselors talk about, you know, or the ratio we're not um you know our fees to fares ratio is out of whack we're not making enough on the fares and we get caught in this at least when i see at guelph city councils we get caught in this cycle of um we can't improve transit till the numbers go up the numbers won't go up until we improve transit well we can improve transit but the numbers aren't there to support it i guess i guess like I'm look, I guess I'm waiting for a wake up call, right? I'm waiting for a wake up call, you know, to get my, at least the, the politicians who run my town and the senior, um, the senior uh, management staff to sort of uh, to hear the bell, I guess. <laughs> I may be mixing my metaphors, but you, you get, you understand what I'm getting at, right? It's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's a hard one. Cause I mean, if you end up with a, elected body that isn't very pro-transit certainly that's a much bigger hurdle mm. but i think what elected members who have that attitude need to realize is like if you don't put the bus out there there's no bus for people to ride so you're not going to get the ridership and to say okay people aren't riding the bus so we should maybe should cut service because people aren't riding the bus it just creates a downward spiral of to oblivion so you really need to go no the way to get people on transit is to invest in transit and transit frankly doesn't make money it's an investment in your community mm -hmm. just like investing in roads investing in parks investing in anything else it's it's a way of benefiting your community and fares should be just kind of beside the point, you know, you're getting economic development and improving people's lives by putting a bus out there, making money or collecting X amount of fares should not be the factor there. Mm. I think that's the pull quote I was looking for. So for people who are listening to this and saying like, well, I mean, why not go transit? Why aren't we pushing harder against go transit? Um, I, what's what's the argument there? Why should we be doing this for ourselves instead of worrying about Metrolinx? Well, I think uh, the simplest argument for not using Go is that it's not their travel market. 
Um, Go is the longer distance trips, you know, connecting to, from, and through the GTA. That has been their travel market forever. Everywhere in the GTA, you see the local systems handling the neighboring connections. So while Go is available and welcome in our communities, I'm sure we would all welcome more Go service, to say that Go should be handling the Hespler to Western Guelph section, which can be done in, you know, driven in 10 minutes. It just doesn't make sense for, mm. for them. That's a local connection. It's local transit should be providing that connection. Go can handle Guelph to Toronto, Kitchener to Toronto, and major stops in between. But these are local connections that local transit users need. So local service providing them. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, because some somebody again at the town hall last week, somebody mentioned about connected to Hamilton, which, um, I mean Hamilton is one of those places where there are there is no public transit connection, but it's you know from Guelph to Hamilton, it, it's it's a straight shot down Highway Six. It's it would seem so easy. I guess what I'm wondering about is, and perhaps you've you've thought about this yourself, even if there has been no sort of official. Um, any any thinking on it but the how how much this can scale like is is this a scalable thing where we could be talking about going to hamilton or going to milton there is a milton transit too so i I guess how 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 many of these connections can we make how big could this get do you think oh i I think if the political wills there the sky's the limit really um you mentioned Hamilton, you know, we all know the highway six and highway eight corridors are, you know, grossly underserviced. And certainly yeah. to ask Hamilton to, for a similar connection would be out of the realm of possibility. Um, say Aberfoyle to McMaster university, which is a major hub. Also the planned end of their LRT line as well as uh, Highway 8 connection from McMaster to Ainsley Terminal, which is also the planned end of the next stage of the Ion light rail line. So that would give Hamilton the opportunity to serve all their little rural communities on those highways. Certainly not beyond the realm of possibility. It was just beyond the scope of what we were looking at here, but Mm. I'm sure that would definitely be a welcome option if they wanted to do something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess what are we to do now? You're, I mean, you and other members of your union, the ATU tag who have inroads into, you know, the powers that be, but, you know, for, for regular Joe Q public and Jane Q public who might be listening to this, like how can, how can they get involved? How can they, they make a, an impact to get this going? I think probably the most important thing is to try and get our elected leaders on board. So when the public learns of this, they need to be contacting their city or regional or county councillors and saying, we know you're aware of this. Our, your transit officials are aware of this. I don't think there'd be a transit official out there that would say no you know, this is right up their alley, you know, given a budget, they'll do anything. 
But to get the elected leaders, get their counselors, get the mayors and, and wardens or, or regional chair, where, wherever he happened to be living, get them on board. Say, we need these connections. These We've been desperate for stuff like this for years. Now is the time to do it. The funding is there. Get on board with this. This is what your constituents want. Looking... <sighs> I hate to play, to get, put you into the prediction business, but I mean, if we were to come back and have this conversation this time next year, um, even if, you know, the, the system isn't, I mean, technically it would still be false. So you wouldn't have missed your, your proposed deadline. But if we were to have this conversation this time next year, do you think, uh, are, are, like, how confident are you that this could be a reality by this time next year? There's something that gives me hope with the provincial funding there. You know, certainly elected leaders don't want to raise property taxes more than they have to. They're, you know, they're looking out for their jobs. And with the municipal election next year, they're maybe running on campaigns. You know, I, I don't want to raise your taxes, but certainly having the provincial funding pool there for projects like this, it gives me hope that, Maybe this is the time that finally something will get done. I, it's hard to put into words more than that. It's mm. like, yeah, we were pushing for this for years, but it's kind of been a low priority thing. And, you know, municipalities are looking at budgets for, you know, within their city, uh, wherever you can get a transit improvement, it's going to be in that neighborhood or that route's going to get more frequency or we're going to reorganize these routes. But with the provincial funding there, it, it just gives me that much more hope that this could become a reality because it's kind of outside the scope of what they would normally be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I hope it comes to pass. I, I think, like you said, a lot of people have been looking for uh, an idea like this to be put on the table and, and as opposed to just sort of talking about vague generalities about what if regional transit to, to actually have a map in front of people and say this is something that could be real, I think changes the game. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's pretty much in line with the feedback we've been hearing is this is a great idea. And I, I think part of it is having that map there. It's like, these are the routes that we're looking at, not just, oh, we need a connection from here to there. No, the, to, to see that potential and yeah, I can get from there to there. And that's how that links to this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why people are, are really positive about this proposal. Well, uh, like I said, I, I hope it comes to pass and good luck to you, uh, it was all that political action work. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Warnschner, uh, thank you for your time today. Been a pleasure. Thank you. And once again, that was Warren Schnur. You can see the coverage of the Link the Watershed launch over on Guelph Politico, if you're not already there, of course. You can visit the website at Link the Watershed Transit, all one word, dot wordpress dot com, and you can show your support for the plan by spreading the word on social media at link underscore watershed on Twitter. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. 
The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph, and to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify, and when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me personally at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, and you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, that would be greatly appreciated. And you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time.